Oh, God, all our life, you've been faithful. And so we will sing, as we have, of the goodness of the Lord. Be good to us now through your word. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know what an avatar is? Hmm? The world's gone gaga over avatars. Get this. Avatar 1, four weeks ago, Avatar 2, as we would call it. 4.9, excuse me, $4.8 billion garnered. $4.8 billion. Highest in history. Unbelievable. I suppose there are nations on earth that would love to have $4.8 billion given to them. And that's what we Westerners shelled out to watch avatars. So what's an avatar? Most people have no clue what an avatar is, and I certainly didn't, so I went to Wikipedia. You're going to be surprised. It's a word from Sanskrit. Okay? Here we go. On the screen, Wikipedia, avatar is a concept within Hinduism that in Sanskrit literally means descent. It signifies the material appearance or incarnation of a powerful deity, goddess, or spirit on earth, end quote. So who's this spirit on earth that's trying to get everybody to believe he's the god of this earth? Is he an avatar too? How did we get in this mess? Wasn't he the one that instigated this, what do they call it, great controversy, war? Come on. Avatars, are you serious? Avatars and angels. Because the truth of the matter is, we've got a capital G God named Christ, faced off with a little g-god named Satan. And you can't help it. You're stuck in the middle of this war, and so am I. Avatars and angels. Because when you have a day of prayer like we did on Wednesday, a beautiful, beautiful day on these three campuses, both sides draw very near. Because in a day of prayer... There's provided a supernatural realignment of alliances. Everybody wants you to be on their side. Avatars and angels. Because in a universe of free choice, you get to choose. Which is why there's part two to a prayer we began together, you and me, last week. Two-part prayer. Two petitions in one prayer. We got the first one. Now, if you weren't here this last Sabbath, let me give you a video trailer backstory. You remember the fishing butter buddies, uh, Peter and John? You remember them? Followers of this Jesus of Nazareth? So they're going to it. They're having a day of prayer, an afternoon of prayer at the temple. They're going, and you remember the story. There's a lame man, born lame 40 years ago, never been able to walk. They see him. They take pity on him, and boom, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. He walks. There's a crowd that gathers. 
You can understand. And the moment there's a crowd, the authorities are there. The two boys are arrested. They're thrown in jail overnight. We'll get to you in the morning. They release them in the morning. They bring them before the Supreme Council. And they utter this threat. You will never again ever teach using the name Jesus of Nazareth in your teaching. If you do, we will silence you. And not long afterwards, John Boy's older brother James was beheaded by this council for speaking about Jesus. They're serious. The boys go to their group. They have a prayer meeting. It's not an all-day day of prayer. It's an all-night of prayer. And we went to that prayer last week. We only read the first half. Notice now, avatars and angels, the second half, okay? Open your Bible with, you brought your Bible today. Good for you. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, we'll go straight to the heart of the prayer that has two petitions embedded in it. We'll go to the first petition. So this is Acts chapter 4. They're in the middle of the prayer, but they now get to the petition. Here we go. Verse 29, now, Lord... Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great what? With great boldness. We're not threatened. They can cut our heads off. We're not going to quit talking, but we need courage. Enable us to stand up for you on this campus with courage. Give me that courage. I can't do it alone. It's a good prayer to pray. And then they say, send in heavy artillery. We need help. Where's the heavy artillery? Well, it's certainly not in the first part of that prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. No heavy artillery there. So what's the second part? Well, read it. It's verse 30. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They quietly petitioned God. We need heavy artillery. Stretch out your hand. By the way, whose hand is being stretched out? Oh, this is your hand. We don't have a hand to stretch out. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I'm intrigued by this phrase, signs and wonders. So I check it out this last week. 20 times it appears in the Bible. It is a technical phrase. It isn't isn't just a a a throw aside. No, no, no. Something's embedded in those words in Hebrew or Greek, signs and wonders. It's code language for supernatural intervention in the war, the great controversy. That's what it is. Code language. Send us heavy artillery, signs and wonders. 20 times in Scripture, half of those times are describing the the 10 plagues over Egypt. You You know why the 10 plagues happen? Because there's a capital G God and there are little G gods. And God is trying to appeal to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, come on. I'm the capital G God. You go with me, boy. Those, you, what do you have? Those little G gods, they're nothing. Pharaoh says, I'm not going with you. I have my own little G gods. Oh, yeah, show them to me. And 10 times, God m- marches through the pantheon of Egypt. Gone, gone. Every God that Pharaoh brings forward, gone, gone. They're all avatars. I am the living God. God takes that iron fist of Egypt, releases the children of Israel, and they're set free. Signs and wonders. And by the way, it's not just an Old Testament phrase. It's used in the New Testament. No plagues, you can understand. But Jesus three times uses the phrase. The book of Acts four times displays and uses the phrase signs and wonders. 
Paul uses the phrase himself, signs and wonders. When Paul uses it one of those times, we understand why the signs and wonders are such a big deal. Watch this. This is Paul over here in Romans chapter 15, verse 18. Paul says, hey, listen, guys, in Rome, I will speak of what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles, the pagans, to obey God, but what I have said and done. Now, I'm going to show you how he got people to believe what I was saying and doing. Here's how he did it. By the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God. That's how people came to believe. They saw. And by the way, the tricky thing about signs and wonders is both sides use them. It's not the monopoly of one. Both sides have the razzle-dazzle. Signs and wonders. That's how they came to believe. Let's be clear, signs and wonders are not about power in you. They are not about power in me. They are not about the power of a Pentecostal preacher, though he may claim it. Nope. They're divine. The ultimate source is divine. The imitation source, you know who. Paul insists they are the power of the Spirit of God at work. Will we see them in our lifetime? I think so. May we participate, them, participate in them one day? I, th- I think so. I think so. But I'm going to push this farther now. I'm going to share with you a concept you may never have thought of before. And I'm going to tell you in advance what the concept is and then put a line on the, on the screen that led me to this concept. Fascinating. And namely, it is this. It was through the power of angels that our Lord Jesus himself performed all his miracles. Angels. Come on, do I lay it on me? Okay. Desire of Ages. Love that book. The angels of God are ever passing from earth to heaven and from heaven to earth. The miracles of Christ for the afflicted and suffering were wrought by the power of God through the ministration of what? Of angels. Keep reading. And it is through Christ, by the ministry of his heavenly messengers, the angels, that every blessing comes from God to us. Hmm. Now you're making me think. Are angels heaven's delivery system of all that is good, including signs and wonders? You know what? We have simply not grasped as a, as a generation. We have not grasped the significance of the ministry of angels in our midst. We just blow them aside. We, we have not. We have not. If every one of Jesus' miracles was performed by angel intervention to Jesus' command, no, don't get it right. Jesus is the one giving the commands. Be healed. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Get out of him now. If every command of Jesus is immediately responded to by celestial beings that are greater than you, that are greater than I, Oh, yes, they're greater. Where is it? Psalm, uh, Psalm 8. I've been trying to memorize Psalm 8. And in Psalm 8, the old King James, speaking of the creation of the human race, uh, David, speaking to God, he says, you have made mankind, you have made humanity a little lower than the angels. The Hebrew word there is Elohim, a little lower than God. Well, we'd like that part. But the New Testament says, no, he means angels quotes it, a little lower. So whoever these celestial beings are, 
don't look at, don't, let's not look at each other and say, oh, like us? No, not like us. Bigger. Does that mean, Dwight, that uh, the angels that appear in the Old Testament or the New Testament, all those, those, this is they? Yep. 185,000 Assyrian warriors, remember that? 185,000 Assyrian war- warriors one, one night woke up dead. Gone. One, the Bible says one angel went through. Ten plagues in Egypt. Gone. What's going on here? We're in a war. And once upon a time, there was war in heaven. And those angels split. One third of them followed a brilliant being named Lucifer. Two thirds said, no, we're staying with Christ. And thus the war was engaged. Wow, avatars and angels. This is no fairy tale war we're talking about, is it? My. The healing of the lame man at Gate Called Beautiful. Who did that? Was that Peter? In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. Peter gave the command. Guess who did it? Angel. Boom. Wobbly legs. Suddenly, never walked on in 40 years, and now the man's dancing. Name of Jesus, let's be clear. Angel. Wow. Signs and wonders. Supernatural interventions by God through his angel friends, his angel servants, his angel armies. Angels and avatars. Am I making all this up? Well, the avatar part, you can thank James Cameron for that. But the angel part, hmm. Listen to these triumphant angel decorations. Oh, I love this. Everybody knows he... he, Oh, excuse me. I left a story out. I thought I was going to skip it, but I, we're going to get the story anyway. You remember when Paul and Silas were in prison? You remember that? Their backs lacerated? You remember that? They're in, they're in shackles and, and, and uh, stocks. And what are they doing? What are they doing in prison? You remember that story? What are they doing? They're singing their hearts out. True? Praising God and praying. And all of a sudden, and jailhouse rock. Man, that place just went... Acts of the Apostles, all heaven was interested in the men, Paul and Silas, who were suffering for Christ's sake, and angels were sent to visit the prison. At their tread, the earth trembled. Here they come. The heavily, the, the heavily bolted prison doors were thrown open. The chains and fetters fell from the hands and the feet of the prisoners, and a bright light flooded the prison. God doesn't mess around. And I hope what you're getting here, I hope it's growing in your mind. I hope you're thinking very carefully now because this is a bright audience. I know you're beginning to think, it, man, if, 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 if angels showed up back then and they could do that, could they, could they be of help to me today? I hope you're thinking that. Avatars and angels, which do you want? Oh, come on. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Take a look around. Anybody in this room is meant to inherit salvation. You have an angel sent to minister to you. There's an angel standing by you right now. Wow. Oh, give me another one, Dwight. Okay. Psalm 91. 
Oh, by the way, the fallen angel, Lucifer, you do remember him. The fallen angel that became Satan, he once met Jesus in the wilderness, and he quoted to Jesus this very psalm. He did a little bit of cutting and pasting, and I'm going to show you where he did the cutting and pasting. But he quoted this because this is a big angel promise, and everybody knew it back then, and we need to know it today. Psalm 91, verse 11, for he, God, will command his angels concerning you. And Lucifer says, that's all. We don't need anything more. And this screen, Dwight, change the slide quick. I don't want him to see the rest of the line. No, Jesus knew what the rest of the line was. And he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. If it's the angel of God working on you, he will never guard, he will never guide you into violating your conscience. He will never guide you into darkness. He will never guide you into behavior for which you are ashamed. He will never guide you that way. He's always standing there. When you're contemplating a fork in the road, he's saying, come on, girl, we're going this way. This is the way. You go that way. It's your choice. Lucifer didn't want us to know that. He didn't want Jesus to know that either. Keep reading. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, and they, the angels, will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. That's what Lucifer quoted. But keep reading. Lucifer left this out too. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Quiz time, question one. Who in the Bible is called a roaring lion? Hmm? Who's called a roaring lion? Who in the Bible is called the old, that old serpent? Satan. The power of angels will enable you, even if you face the incarnation of evil himself, will enable you to trample that enemy assault. We're not talking about Mickey Mouse Disneyland fairy tale moments now. This is the war that we have no choice that we are engaged in. Wow. You know what? God must love you a lot. He must really love you a lot. I mean, I'm looking at you. You look like a lovable person, but God must really love you. I mean, look at you. He must love you a lot. To assign one of these celestial beings who are greater, these beings, than we are, talking about unselfish, why would one of these beings, I have one standing beside me right now. I had a woman in church once who saw my angel standing right here. And she'd been involved in the occult, so I knew that her eyes had a way of seeing that normal human eyes don't see. I've never forgotten that story, and I never will till I die. I have an angel standing beside me now. Can you imagine? Little old you and little old me, he assigned. The angel says, I'll stay with her her entire life. That's my covenant. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. What's not to like about this? Angels and avatars. I don't know about you, but I'm going with the angels. In fact, if there weren't an angel beside me now, I'd have been dead years ago. Dead years ago. I can tell you time and place. Dead, dead, dead. You would have been dead. You wouldn't even be here. Somebody's been looking out for you. Man, God must love you a lot. Look at you. Praise God. But hands down, one of my all-time favorite angel stories, and I'm going to tell it to you right now. See if you can guess it by the, by the way we begin. The lad, because the Bible calls him a lad, woke up early that morning. Maybe he woke up to brush his teeth. Can you guess it yet? Nope. Maybe he went outside to have his devotions. Maybe he went to visit Mother Nature. 
What we know is that he happened to, while he was out, take a peek over the wall of the city. And when he saw on the other side of the wall, his stomach just froze. Obviously, in the dead of night, enemy hordes have surrounded, besieged this town, and there's no way out. He panics, races back, wakes up the sleeping prophet Elisha. Elisha, prophet, prophet, come. Elisha says, give me a minute. He finally follows him. Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Come, come, up, climb up here. Elisha looks out. He says, oh, you don't know what we're dealing with. And I love, the, I love the ending to this story. It's just two lines. I love this. Elisha says to the lad, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are what? More than those who are with them. Isn't there a verse somewhere in the Bible that says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world? First John 4, 4. There it is right there in the Old Testament. Those who are with us are more than all the darkness. Don't keep worrying. And then the prophet prays, open his eyes, O Lord. Please, open the boy's eyes so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and the servant looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha and the boy. Chariots of fire, a wall of fire. There are times when I pray for this campus, and I say, God, just surround us with that wall. We may never see it in our lifetime, but keep the wall there, please. Well, there's no greater angel story, in my humble opinion, than that one. Just because we can't see them doesn't mean they're not here. A little book called Truth About Angels, let me just share this line with you. The angels, angels of God that excel in strength, Psalm 103, are sent to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. That'd be all of us. These angels, when they see that we're doing the very utmost on our part to be overcomers, will do their part, and their light will shine around about us and sway back, just shove back the influence of the evil angels that are all around us as well, and will make a fortification around us as a what? As a wall of fire. Oh, my. Signs and wonders here at Andrews University. They will make a fortification around us as a wall of fire. God just loves this school. A wall of fire. Then how carefully and prayerfully you and I must fulfill our mission and spiritual responsibilities to the young who are in our midst. You are young, and I'm looking at you. Proud of you. You know, you, do you know the angel's attitude to you? Same book. Watch this. The angels are with us. She, this is written to a young adult, okay? The angels are with us every day to guard and protect us from the assaults of the enemy. God knows we need it. You are not alone in the warfare against wrong. Could the curtain be rolled back, my young friend? You would see. See what? You would see heavenly angels fighting with you. This they must do. It is their work to guard the what? Guard the young. Guard the balcony. Guard the back of the church. Guard the front of the church. Guard the dorms. Guard the classrooms. It is their work to guard the young. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels minister to whom? To the young. Some of us have been assigned professionally to serve the young. We are here for that solitary mission. 
That means the angels need us who've been assigned to be on the watch. There's darkness in this world, and the wall, the wall of fire can be penetrated by free choice. It's your choice. It's my choice. It's every student's choice. Nobody's put in a straitjacket. You will, you will be covered by a wall of fire. No, you don't want the fire. You prefer darkness. You may have it. But it's your job and mine to make sure the choice is for the king of angels, Jesus himself. Wow. We're blessed to have three campuses. God sure loves Andrews University. He sure loves Andrews Academy. He sure loves Ruth Murdoch Elementary School. And I know that you who are young are under attack. Come on, you've come and you've talked to me many times. So I understand that part. I'm not negating that at all. Mm-mm. And I know that sometimes as a young thinker, because you're a good thinker, you cannot correlate what you see and hear with what you know to be Jesus' will for your own life. You spot the incongruence around you. You're not dumb. You weren't born yesterday. You see it. And then you wonder, what do I do now? Something's not right here. It's not adding up. I know what I was taught, but what's this? I have two, uh, two actions that you can take. They're both simple. Action number one, call on Jesus. Fernando Ortega. You like Fernando Ortega? That song of his, Jesus, King of Angels, that's just, that's just a beautiful ballad. I mean, it's so beautiful. Jesus, King of Angels. So here's here's your first action. You call on Jesus, King of Angels, to send in reinforcements. You see darkness where darkness should not be. You say, send in reinforcements. I don't care how many angels you ask for. You just ask for angels. (laughs) All they need is just one prayer. Boom. You asked. Okay, so that's number one. Call in reinforcements. Here's action number two. You can take this as well. If you discern that your friends, your peers need more protection from the forces of darkness and you sense it, you see it, then you go to talk to somebody in authority. That's your professor. That's your dean. That's an administrator. That's a chaplain. You can go to a pastor. And I want to assure you, If you say to that person of authority, I need help, my friends need help, we need this wall of fire to protect us from incoming darkness, I am sure the one in authority will do what is proper for him or her to do. You have been heard. You have been heard. After all, what do we just read? In their work, the angels, tens of thousands, Minister to the young. And every adult in this community is hired to protect the young. You're in safe, you're in, you're in good hands. You'll be okay. These heaven sent angels are a wall of fire to keep the darkness out. They're here to protect you who are young, and they're here to protect all of us, to be honest with you. The truth for all of us is we cannot let moral values once protected and embraced be ignored and effectively eliminated. We can't. 
We cannot let a laissez-faire spirit allow the enemy to import his darkness into this place through a gaping hole in our fortification. (laughs) Close the hole. Close the hole. Keep it out. Sometimes in our efforts to protect the vulnerable, we may inadvertently, unintentionally endanger the innocent. Of course we need to protect the vulnerable. I get it. I want to be the first to do that. But we need to protect the innocent as well. Because if we're not careful, what starts out as protection either becomes advocacy or can be misunderstood as advocacy. And there is nobody that wants that. Mission impossible. Maybe. Because it shouldn't be impossible around here to build a wall of fire from heaven. That should not be impossible. Mm -mm. Signs and wonders. The supernatural interventions of God to protect his children. We must pray for these angel interventions. We just concluded a day of prayer. Hallelujah. But you got to keep praying. You don't stop with one day. You just pray day after day. But listen, call on the angels, of course. But we can't ask them to do what is in our own power to do. We need to speak up. We need to act. How different history would be if one man named Martin Luther had not spoken up to challenge the incoming darkness, the encroaching darkness. How different history would be if one man named Martin Luther King Jr. had not stood up to challenge the encroaching darkness that must be challenged. You be that man. You be that woman. History is changed by courage like that. This is God's school. These are God's three campuses. And so we must partner with God to keep the darkness out and call on the angels. How many shall we call on, Dwight? I don't know, 100,000. It's good. Call on the angels. Hundreds of us pleading with God, send the angels Build the wall of fire. Surround us with chariots that will defend us. This is your school, oh God. This is not my school. It's not his school, her school. This is your school. Save us. Help us. John Dawson, in his wonderful book, Taking Our Cities for God, makes a point I'd never read before, and i got to share it with you right now. John Dawson, the prayer of a human being can alter history by releasing legions of angels into the earth. You don't believe that? He's right. Now, notice his conclusion. The prayer of a human being can alter history by releasing legions of angels into the earth if we really grasp this truth. We would pray with intensity, and we would pray constantly. Are you serious? Angels come when I pray? Yeah, they come. Then call on the king of angels. And why would I stop? Oh, God, I ran into darkness today. Send angels there. Why would I quit? Send angels. 
We need help. Avatars and angels. Trust me, the avatars will not deliver you. They will sell you short to the wrong master. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So we must pray. There is no darkness Christ cannot overcome. And by the way, he endured the worst, the most hellish darkness of all in history, went on that cross for three dark, dark hours. He struggles. The angels were held at bay. The Father himself could, chose not to penetrate that darkness. And because Jesus has experienced that darkness, you and I may never have to live in darkness again. If there's darkness in your life right now, ask Jesus. That darkness can be removed. He needs your permission, of course. If there's darkness in your soul, call on the king of angels. He's got what you need. He has all the light. And when they show up, it's light. We must ask. And so Elisha prayed, Oh, God, Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the lad, and he looked. And on the hills there were horses and chariots of fire all around them. So we must ask. We must ask. Please. How many angels should we ask? You'll know. Just ask. You'll know. Would you pray? Would you be willing to be a, one of those 100 pleaders that we need to ask God to keep sending angels this direction? I'm going to pray with you, but I want to put the Connect card here first electronically. If you're here, just text Mission 3 to the number you know, 269-281-2345. Text, text Mission 3 to 289-269-281-2345. Because here's what I need. I need you to say yes to this one. It'll, it'll, it'll set you right up to see this. I will ask Jesus to send many angels to deliver the young, to, de to deliver the young on our campuses from the enemy's crippling darkness. I'll ask him. Hey, Dwight, I'll ask him. I'll join you. Come on. Would you really? Put a check mark there. Say, yeah, I'll do that. Not costing you a thing. But it could make, it could make the difference for somebody who's in darkness that needs light and deliverance. I will ask Jesus to send many angels to deliver the young on our campuses from the enemy's crippling darkness. And the other one, I want to be baptized into Christ my Savior. Please contact me. Some of you have been thinking about baptism, hadn't thought about it at all, maybe. It doesn't matter, either one. There's no sense, there's no sense living in a world in between these armies. Both sides want you. Only one side died for you. And only one side can save you. And that's the Jesus. 
put a check mark there, send a, send a note to me electronically, say, yo, I'd like to think about it. I'm not committing to it right now. I'm not going to make that decision. I just pray for me. Get in touch with me, will you? Get in touch with me. If you put a check mark there, we'll be in touch with you electronically. Why not? Hey, they're choosing up sides faster and faster now. Why not make your decision today? Come on, today, today. Put a check mark there, sin. We got it. I want to pray with you. Oh, God, you must really love us. This is unbelievable. Why would a God go to this much trouble to save little old me, little old us? Oh, we don't understand the depth of your love for us. But there isn't a soul here that doesn't understand the intensity of the war going on right now, and we want to be on the right side. Send angels to us, please. Send more angels. We're wavering. We're not sure yet. Don't want to step across the line. God, we can't live in between. No man can serve both sides. No woman can serve both sides. You're either on one or the other. Send angels. Waft the influence of heaven over our minds and our hearts and let us choose the king of angels to be our Lord and Savior. Save us all in Christ right now with that wall of fire. In Jesus' name. Jesus, the friend of sinners' name. Amen.